Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello, Simon Ricks, Kaiser Chiefs. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. Um, what have you been up to? I hear you've been uh, doing the garden. Yeah, um, the sort of uh, weird situation, really. Um, I guess uh, I'm pretty lucky, really. Uh, in a way, this year we were meant to be doing some gigs because the record came out last year mm. um, and uh, nobody was particularly in a hurry to uh, get going on that again. Um, I was expecting to be at home a little bit more anyway. Um, and we'd just come back. We we managed to actually do like we did a six week or seven week tour of UK and Europe just before it all sort of started to become uh, real, I guess mm-hmm. is the word to use. Um, I don't know really. We were, like, I was like really doing the math back when we got back in terms of like when we were in Milan and when actually they started having some serious problems there. It was a really like, close shave, if you, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and even there was one of my friends who came to uh, a gig in Paris before that, who then felt self-isolated because he'd been at a conference with someone who had contracted it. You know, at that time, we were in so many different places, restaurants, venues, after the sweaty venues, which is apparently bad for the transmission and uh, a couple of planes and all, you know, like it just showed you how fast it could have transmitted if the wrong, if the wrong or right person, uh, has, you know, gets it really, you know? Yeah, it is scary, isn't it? And, and, you know, as it was already sort of bubbling then, as you say, when you were, when you were over there, um, now it's even more mad and, and, and we find ourselves in a, in a complete one-off situation. Um, yeah, definitely, yeah. So you mentioned the album. I mean, if we start just at, at the start a little bit, you know, you guys go back a long way now. Um, mad to think that it's a 20-plus year journey for you lot already, isn't it? Uh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Since uh, I think everyone counted from different places. Kaiser Chiefs was 2003. So uh, it'll be 17 years since our sort of first gig in September. One of the things, actually, I've been thinking, you know, has been to do all those things that you never do. <laughs> it's like a really amazing opportunity. I, I think that's uh, one way of like looking at it as well. You know, I'm quite lucky in terms of, as I say, like was ha- was planning on having a bit of time at home anyway, and you know, got quite a nice sort of bit of space, and I've got a little bit of garden and all that kind of thing. So I'm quite lucky in all those respects. But yeah, I'm just trying to see it as a positive opportunity. So one of the things I've been doing is uh, I discovered a big box of like DVDs and CDs and all sorts of things which I didn't even know I had because it was like underneath. <laughs> some other things, some other memorabilia. Um, so we're going through that and I found the uh, footage, which I didn't even know existed of our first ever gig shot by oh. uh, Peanut's cousin. Um, so yeah, we've been looking at that uh, and uh, lots and lots of other gigs and uh, sort of, you know, doing a bit of archiving and uh, find, discovering, you know, new things and things I didn't know about the band. So it's, I think, like, it's, it's actually, for me, I'm not saying it's a positive experience mm-hmm. because I think uh, there's a lot of different stuff going on and uh, obviously even when I say I'd like you know I was planning on being in the house a bit more I wasn't planning on being in the house quite as much as I am and yeah. all that kind of thing but yeah, um, yeah so, so yeah just trying to use it creatively and and, uh, and do sort of jobs that you've been putting off for Forever. Forever, yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned opportunity. A, a couple of people have said this to me. Um, it's an opportunity to, to get at things like you just said that you, you don't normally do. Um, and for, for creatives, um, 
I guess one thing that, that maybe some of us do struggle with as creatives is is that the, the mind plays a, bit, a little bit. You know, we're often overcreated people. You know, anybody who's in the creative industries. So I guess it's a kind of uh, you have to remain kind of strong with it as well. Uh, I understand. I think I agree with you. There's so much to talk about. Um, mm. I think that yeah, to try and think about it positively. Like again, uh, when it first started in the lockdown, I sort of realised it wasn't going to be a short amount of time. So one of the things I find difficult is my sort of uh, writing room or whatever is in the house. I often find I'm distracted with doing other stuff. Right. You know, it gets to like five, six o'clock in the afternoon and I haven't started doing any music yet because I've just been like distracted basically. Whereas this time, again, I, I think there's so much time available that like you've got to try and think of it positively. Like cleared some rooms out, we finished some work on the house we meant to do, we did some gardening, we did everything, you know, like cleared like the, the list. Mm. Uh, again, of things that you never get around to. And then it's like, like, okay, well, it's almost like now, the space is now free. Inspiration-wise, you know, like going out and doing things and seeing people and talking to people and going places is one of the things that inspires, you know, music and creativity. And well, yeah. And everything, yeah. So inspiration maybe is something that is, it could be lacking, but uh, try and make, you got to try and sort of think about it. And the same with smaller bands. I was feeling very, very sorry for like smaller bands or bands, you know, people who are just about to release the first record, yeah. which is a really fragile time where you know, like the smallest thing can make it all go to, to uh, you know, badly. Because um, there's a lot of luck, I think, in that very first. Uh, someone said to me a long time ago, a teacher said to me, you know, in life's got to be like lots of things, you know, clever or talented or, uh, you know, passionate and loads of all these things about what you want to do. But one of the things is to be lucky, you know, and like, um, to be fair, we hung around for quite a few years, three, four years mm. doing, you know, small gigs and trying to like, you know, crack it or whatever, get to a bigger audience. Um, but then in 2004, suddenly, being in a like regional guitar band was like the coolest thing that you could be in. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. Whereas previously, maybe being an American for a band from New York or something would have been the coolest thing. You know, for us, we were very lucky in that respect. And so I do feel for small bands where, you know, it's like this summer was the summer where you were going to be like doing loads of touring and putting the album out and all that kind of thing. And now it's all disappeared. That's a massive, massive shame. But then I didn't realize I was talking to someone day who was saying that because a lot of the bigger artists are putting off their releases because of that reason, there's actually a gap. You know, there's. there's the physical sales, there's no physical sales, but in terms of like streaming and stuff, uh, there's, there's more space for newer artists because the bigger artists aren't doing anything. So, that, is, that is a really good point because there was a, a lot of chat about the Dua Lipa record, wasn't there? Um, I haven't had a chance to hear it yet. I'm sure it's great, but they made a huge thing. I'm not quite sure the label is, but massive, um, massive thing about it. And just because it was the only one coming out kind of thing. Uh, a, lot, yeah, a lot of them have right. been put I mean, back, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I thought that was, very interesting and again it just goes back to that thing of like well it's an opportunity if you think about it in the right way get, get a start and, and everyone's at home and everyone's bored it, the longer it goes on for I guess it's the harder it will, it will get for everybody to I think so. maintain yeah. all that yeah I think you're right um, I mean at least your last record came out you know I know uh, what July August 2019 uh, yes yeah, and that was interesting. I mean, that's obviously had some great popularity. You've had some good success out the back of that. Um, with, with in terms of the creative process, um, you were going to. A, is this the first one you went back to Polydor for? That is correct. Yeah, it was back on Polydor, uh, which was a like interesting and good experience. Yeah, uh, I think 
the most important thing about um, releasing music is you have enthusiastic people to you know partner with. Um, and it just happened at a point or at this time that some people that we've worked with in the past or people that are friends or whatever. So uh, I think that seemed, it seemed like a sort of fate or whatever, good moment to, to go back to, to that. Um, mm. I think it made a good record and they helped them with that. I think it was a more difficult record. I think, again, like going back to the break, I think the break so it's a sort of thing. Mm. We, make, we sort of do this thing where we make a record every two or three years. Um, it's sort of like clockwork, you know. Um, again, this break sort of made us force us to be like that one. Well, we can't do that. Well, that's good, you know. It's, uh, yeah, it's nice. It's nice that you know you've, you've, you're well, very well established, and you know probably I'd like. Well, I suppose there's always pressure, isn't there? But I'd, I'd like to hope that you make and actually want to make it. Going back to Polydocs, you want to go back to them. They've obviously been great with you there, and um, you're not. You know, hopefully you're not under too much pressure, um, and just hopefully making a record that you want to make. Would that be about right? Yeah, um, the last three, we, uh, there has been some pressure for record number five, Education and War. Uh, Nick left, and I think that yeah. left us in a bit of jeopardy because yeah. uh, some people, I don't underestimate Nick's input, and he's one of my best friends still, but uh, I think some people doubted, you know, what would happen with the band after that. Uh, mm. So there's a little bit of proving everybody wrong and, you know, making a great record. So that was the pressure I think. And after that, because that was very successful, for whatever reason, we decided to do something quite different. Uh, and I don't think there was a lot of pressure on that record, but then, because that record was very different and didn't go down as well as we hoped it might, right. uh, we had to the pressure on ourselves for the next one, but we had to sort of pull it back out of the bag, um, which I think we did. And I think, uh, for me, it's just at this stage in our career, as long as we're writing good songs and we're doing good gigs and everything, which we always enjoy, and it's sort of our thing is that we're great. You know, I think everyone knows if it comes to casualty, it's still have a good time. And you'll have a good show. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here's, some, here's some songs they like. But yeah, it's really important that that is really good, which obviously we can't do at the moment. So, you know. okay. Well, yeah, of course. I'm just going to play a bit of one of those. Um, the actual, I think this was one of the singles, wasn't it? People know how to love one another. Mm-hmm. Going to play a bit of this one and then going to talk to you a little bit, if that's okay, about the creative process and how this record was put together. You don't listen to your music that often, do you? No, no. It's sort nice of forcing it down it. you. <laughs> uh, we listen to it because you listen to it every night. It's good, usually. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it's a very different version. As like you know, tons of bass and lots of drums, and you know, not very much. I don't really have much Ricky and stuff actually. So in my like stage mix, so when you hear it. Actually, the proper version. So it's really, really nice to hear. Yeah, oh, good. Yeah, it does sound lovely. Really nice. Not beautifully done. Where did you do it? Uh, we did it in various places. Yeah. Um, people know was mainly in Mono Valley. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, sorry, Mono Valley, and then uh, in the church, which is in Crouch End in London. We finished it there. In the church, uh, oh, at, at Paul Epworth's place. 
after yeah? Yeah, yeah, brilliant, fantastic. Was uh, he involved in it then, or was did you have an outside crew come in? No, we, we used this guy Ben Allen. He came again apart from one song coming on did it. Um, after the six albums, there's various ideas that we sort of thought he's a very safe pair of hands and he mm. understands what we are and everything else. Um, but we did education more. We did that in America, his studio in Atlanta. Uh, but this record, we were really keen to do it in Britain because mm. we just wanted to sort of keep our, I don't know, keep our roots in some way so that we're in familiar uh, surroundings. It sort of felt like the right thing to do on this one. Yeah. So the, because of course Atlanta, you mentioned the previous record, um, Atlanta is an amazing hub of music, isn't it? So I, get, I guess it's an on location uh, place to go and make a record. That was an experience, surely. Yeah, yeah, it was very good yeah. to go to Atlanta. Um, we went there for like six, seven weeks. Um, but, I mean, it's funny because when we first made the Education War, we kind of thought it had a little bit of like, a little, it was a little bit a kind of American influence. But then mm. I listened to it. I actually did listen to that. We did a listening party. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. The other day, because that's sort of something that people are doing, trying to do a few things to uh, keep people you know, entertained as well um, without going too far. So I don't want to kind of be in everyone's face because I think it's better not to be. Um, it just sounds sound like I didn't think it really had any Atlanta influence. Whereas actually, I think this album that was made in Britain, we on purpose were sort of going for a bit more, you know, more Motowny, Northern Solely kind of feel. Mm. So actually, I think. This album, they made in Britain, have got some more sort of American influence, if quite old, I guess, American influence, but yeah. I like, um, I really like it. It's interesting, isn't it? Actually, just before I play this, I like Target Market as well. Um, but before I do, it is funny, isn't it? How a location, um, and whether it might be a residential studio or just a trip to Atlanta, which obviously sounds everyone who wouldn't want to go and do that, an amazing musical city, but yet sometimes, you know, the music will change, the way that you write will change, the way you even perform could change depending on where you are, couldn't it? Uh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, the last record was done quite. Um, like a day or we did it sort of in our houses really you know it was a day yeah. or two two days here and there uh, whereas this one again we wanted to do residential because I think that's when you get the best results is when you sort of live in and breathe in the record for um, a few weeks or whatever a couple of months you can sort of try and well hopefully try and get it get it all down as like one body of work you know I think mm. when you sort of do it and it's six months here and then you do something six months later actually you sort of already moved on even in terms of like style or songs or whatever. Um, although it did take us quite a long time to make this one. But anyway, um, can't the question. <laughs> Good time for me to play this. No, you answered it already, so it's okay. I'm going to play a bit of Target Market. Really warm sound, isn't it? Yeah, yeah just got, always listening here uh, on the headphones. Oh no, so, was really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you, so you enjoyed that, and then, and then it was finalised more at the church, was it, or just last bits done there, or? We just had a couple like um, stuff was really like weird. It was it was hard to make, um, and 
we sort of did a couple of sessions, um, which made up the bulk of the album, but then actually finishing the album and getting versions of, finished versions of songs like People Know, which you played before, uh, we as a band felt really strongly, and I always was like pushing for it to be the first single because I think that the sentiment is very, very important. Mm. At this, you know, well, it was sort of, you know, Brexit time and all that kind of thing. Um, and so we did load, like, the sort of time in the church was more to do with getting different, like, different versions of songs, you know, because we were, I'd right. say we Polydor. We got proper A&R this time. I mean, it seems weird, but, like, 15 or whatever years, into our 20 years into our career. We've had moments of A&R in, like, I remember uh, for uh, Ruby, mm-hmm. getting really, really pushed, really, really pushed hard to write a song which became Ruby um, and a couple of other times, but not loads and loads of A&R in, but on this album, the A&R was like really, there was a lot of it in terms of making sure every song on the record deserved to be on the record, you know, it was like, it wasn't just like, right, you've got a single, we can go. It was like, right, well, what's the point of this song? What's, you know, like we had to really fight for getting a couple of like, uh, Don't Holiday, I think it was, a couple of songs that were kind of band favourites we were mm. just like, well, what's going on? Because we like them. We had to really fight to get them on. So it was an interesting sort of process where it wasn't just our album, like you said about Polydor. It was like, it was our album, but they seemed to have as much ownership, you know, mm. as us in making sure that it was good, which which I respect. And I thought that was, that was, that was nice to have, you know, people that actually care. Yeah, because um, I was going to say, how did that feel? But actually, I think I'd feel quite good about that, knowing that other people were going to put their necks on the line for you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's frustrating because you just want to get your own way, really. Well, yeah, there is that side of it, yeah. You can do what you want a bit. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's nice to know that they care. And, yeah, Target Dark, I think, was a really interesting song as well for me because uh, I think with our songs, we often really overcomplicate stuff. Like, if you listen to some of the arrangements on some of our songs, I think, like, Cannons or Ruffians on Parade or, like, all the way through our career, it's like, there'll be a song in every album that's got some weird structure that doesn't make any sense. And Target Market with me was just really funny because it's the same like this one little change but fundamentally it's like four minutes of the same chord you know just mm. the melody is just the melody does the work and that bit of slide guitar you know that, that does all the work of it. but it's a great song it lifts in all the right places and fits in all the right places uh, yeah when, obviously you know a lot of people know you obviously ruby but um uh and you know a lot a load of numbers to be honest obviously i predict a riot was a was a, a mad point for you guys wasn't it uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a good, it's a great song to have in the collection. Um, I don't know, really. We just had a real run there. You can't put your finger on it. Otherwise, I guess everyone would just recreate it. But sometimes you're sort of in a vein of like everything works. I think it's because you're really focused. And like I said before, like you're writing, like we were writing songs, we do a gig, go home, write a song, go out, do a gig, go home, write a song. Do you know what I mean? So we were writing for live. So I think the energy, that was energy. And, Exciting things are happening every day, which helps, I think, with like, mm. keep, you know, keep the energy and the inspiration and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, we had like, we had, we already had a set and we had, we released Oh My God as like an independent single. There's quite a lot of the songs that were on employment, uh, were already written. Um, we were gonna do another single and our idea was that it should be Born to Be a Dancer. Mm-hmm. And then I remember the guy, a guy, uh, Sean Adams, who used to work for Drowning Sound, uh, Maybe he's told us, and uh, he put out. Oh my god! And he was like, no, no, no. He's got and like again. That was a one a bit of a and airing where he was like, got like something better, um, and kind of like 
wasn't going to release anything until we could come up with something better. I just write. It came from from that, you know, just being challenged to write a really great song. And yeah, that I think that was sort of the, the song that really lifted us um, up, you know, in terms of everyone seemed to get on board at that point. Excellent track. So that was heavily. It was like that came out the back of an A and R push, did it? Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's just, it's just been like uh, it sounds like just basic, but it's just mm. someone basically tell us to write a better song than the one we had. Yeah. I'm hearing a trend in this in some of the artists I've been speaking to that sometimes it'll be, I heard this happen with Coldplay with Yellow. I don't know how true that is. You might know that. I don't know. But apparently they'd had a record done and that was that. And then it was like, no, you've got to do another one. Um, who was it was telling me, I had a conversation with Gavin Rosdale and he was saying that in the days when Jimmy Iovine was doing a lot of his, I think it would have been under Interscope, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. That he was saying, give me another one, give me another one. And that's how they ended up getting some of their best material because they were pressured even at the height of their, of the sort of first period of their band, of the first period of Bush. He was saying that it was somebody like that, Jimmy Iovine, essentially obviously producing, probably mixing, uh, definitely um, A&R in them. And that's, and that kind of kick. It's like, I don't want to do another song, but actually he said a couple of times that worked and it really nailed, it, it brought a, a great yeah. new track where before they knew, they didn't even have it, knew they had it in them, you know? I think the great A&R in his good genes when it's when it's done and when it's not done, so there's I think a certain point where you uh, are uh, what's the word inspired and you're pumped up. You're like, I'm going gonna to prove this guy wrong by doing what he says and writing a better right. song. But somehow you somehow you're taking control of the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, it's you're, yeah. Uh, but then uh, I think eventually, when there was one more song, one more song, it's like uh, the band are just. You know, it irritates them and gets them frustrated. Yeah. At that point, you've got to just go with what you've got. Probably so, a fu- probably you know, a fine line. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just people. I think saying hey, it's about managing people in it and managing yeah. something like it's another interesting skill. And uh, I've always found the band to be all-consuming, really, and uh, never yeah. get any time for anything else. Which again, here's the opportunity to do something else. Which I was thinking about it, and the longer I think the lockdown goes on for, the yeah. more opportunity to collaborate online with maybe people that you don't know or do know, but you know you have never worked with, you know. And as you say, I think everybody now. I don't call it a studio because I think it will be too grand for what I've got. But I've just got like a music setup, you know, I can record and mm. write songs and stuff. Um, and uh, but I think that everyone who's interested in music can have that, you know. Mm. It's nowadays, just a laptop and an interface, isn't it? Really, it is absolutely. Um, you do all sorts with it, yeah. Yeah, I think there's you know, definitely an opportunity for me to sort of try and stretch myself a, a little bit. Um, I will definitely be making some music. And I think what's nice about now is, again, uh, the opportunity to just write some music and it's not for anything or, you know. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. The opposite of kind of what I was saying before is I think sometimes being pushed is great and helps you be inspired. Um, but actually, at the moment, there's no push, so you can just write uh, maybe good things will come or maybe they won't my thing with music has always been uh, not really having many lessons on any instrument I can play a few but I haven't really had many lessons if any 
Um, and the same with like the music software and stuff. Like I just got logic and that. I was like, right, I just learned how to do the things that I wanted to do. You know. Mm. But yeah, all of the uh, other things that exist now, uh, there's lots and lots of stuff that I can't do uh, that people younger than me can do. That I could like maybe now is the time to learn some stuff. Yeah, why not? Like you say, the downtime is well. I mean, we don't know, do we? I think in terms of us getting out there and doing gigs for mm. lots and lots of people, um, that's going to be a lot of time for that back in source, you know, because I think they're talking about, you know, letting people go, you know, opening small shops and things like that again would be the first step. Um, but I think it's a long time before uh, we're doing things in big groups. I think you're absolutely right. And I think that's the thing. It's about how we come back incrementally, isn't it? Um, and I hope, because obviously, you know, the you, you were saying you weren't on about to go on a big tour or anything. It hasn't cusped, cus- you know, uh, scuppered even uh, your plans as such um, at the moment, but but yeah, it would have done if you were about to hit a tour, of course. Well, musicians are freelancers. Most of the people that run this business are freelancers in terms of crew. You know, all your guitar techs, all of your you know your mates, the people that are on tour with you the whole time. These guys and girls are reliant on 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 the industry, and it's the first time, isn't it, that the it's suddenly it's you know the, when when things go wrong. Uh, the music industry normally strives together, does an amazing concert, puts something on, makes money for charities, does this. All, everyone together, bands together. Now it's the first time it's like the music industry is having to ask for something back, which is, you know, a really, it's a really crazy uh, situation, isn't it? It's just a, a bit of a flip reverse situation. Yeah, I guess it depends how long it goes on for. Mm. I think that in Britain, none of us were really looking forward to Brexit and whether or not that was going to impact and uh, people having less money, going from people not, get, you know, not going to shows and things, you know, but, uh, I think you know, still people want to go and see live music all the way through like recessions and all sorts of things. Um, but yeah, this is the first time I think it's come to a total stop. Yeah. Um, I think though people, are, everyone's trying to help each other. I think there's something good that's coming out of it. People are realising, you know, that we all rely on each other a bit more and, and try and look after each other. I think um, you're right. Yeah. Well, let's hope. Let's let's hope that you know. Well, there is hope, of course. There's hope, and we will get back to where we were. And and I think in the meantime, we just have to uh, sit it out. And like you say, opportunity can come, and it, and is coming. And like you say, you're probably going to write some stuff. Lots of creatives are, are going to be doing the same. And I think yeah. I think just keeping people, you know, the things like the the together at home stuff is really cool on Instagram. And people, you know, either making someone laugh or also, you know, getting a bit of an amazing heartfelt performance. All that stuff's great. And it, I just hope that we don't end up in three four six weeks more going you know it could it could send the people a little bit stir crazy couldn't it if it carries on for much longer yeah definitely i mean i think with the worst time we haven't got any gigs we've had quite a lot of gigs over the summer which are sort of being rescheduled for later or for next year so hopefully yeah. that gives people things to look forward to and but yeah i think it's um it's a difficult time but as i said before i think looking for opportunities i was going to say like I think not, lot, not everyone can do this, but like our sound guy telling me that he's been doing like sound for yoga videos and all sorts of other little weird oh, things really? instead of instead of obviously mixing us live. Yeah. Um, which I thought was like amazing that it sounds a different thing to do so quickly. Yeah. That, you know, I don't know if it was paying much or at all or whatever, but I just thought, you know, people are very resilient, aren't they? And uh, hopefully if, if the things that are being, uh, you know, certain people, Netflix, 
was yep. making more money than they were oh, making. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so hopefully those people can try and help the people who are not doing as well as they were doing it. Yeah, I, I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking the other day when, uh, about films. I think, God, these films that are coming out, and uh, my my stupid hat went on really, and just thought, oh, it'd be great if uh, you know one of these big film companies just thought, oh, we'll just put it out anyway for free. I'm thinking that's just like losing millions, tens, of, hundreds of millions of dollars. It would never happen, would it? So, mm-hmm. but it would be nice if I think some film companies should you know stick out uh, some of their back catalogue for nothing or something because people are going to need that. I, I guess as we go, we, as weeks go by, uh, look, the music business, it, although it's on its knees a little bit at the moment um you're seeing like you said the artists trying to do something for their fans you've been saying the same with you guys um and that that's a lovely thing anyway and hopefully brings some uh some unity uh to to the people and if we can keep doing that then hopefully we get through this sooner rather than later and happier rather than sadder i suppose yeah but anyway mate listen um that's really really kind of you to to um to chat today and uh, to spare some time with us. Um, and uh, I look forward to uh, uh, hopefully chatting to you another time. And, and, and I hope you get creative. You never know, you might write a hit song. Yeah, well, let's, let's, let's hope so. Get to it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Nice to talk to you. See you later. Cheers, Bye-bye. man. Bye-bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.